Sean. Hey, Radcast is on. And welcome to the show, Mr. Jim Zumbo. Gentlemen, I am pleased to be here, and I use that term loosely when I say gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Al Winder. Just want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us on a podcast for a little bit. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. There's nothing makes me happier than a cold in Minnesota. If I can't be out fishing, I should be talking about fishing. (laughs) Hailing from Wisconsin, Jenna Waller. Thank you so much for having me. It's Redcast. Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. Powered by Bo Spider. Brought to you by PK Lures and High Mountain Seasonings. And now, here's your hosts, Patrick Edwards and David Merrill. Today is a very special episode of Radcast Outdoors because we've kicked the guys out of the studio. We are the wives of the Radcast Outdoors hosts. I am Crystal Merrill. And I'm Krista Edwards. And we are here because we're going to talk about what it's like to be married to someone who is quite literally obsessed with the great outdoors. So the guys are definitely in trouble. Yeah, that's right. We are going to have a good time. We're going to, we kicked them out. No boys allowed. Going to just dive into what it's like to be married and have kids with an outdoors enthusiast. That's obsessed. Yeah. As we know, our husbands love hunting and fishing. David is a hunter and Patrick is a little bit more of a fisherman. So tell me about your experience in the outdoors, Krista. So I was raised down in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I was my dad's fishing buddy as a kid. We would go fishing just at the lakes that are close by. So the Kurt Gowdy State Park lakes, he would take us trout fishing. And then as I got a little older, we would go camping with my grandparents on their pop-up camper trailer. I loved doing that. My grandpa, I remember, took us to Hog Park and the Miracle Mile, and we got to do some fishing there. I've always liked being outside. I've never been an enthusiast of any sorts or anything, but I've always enjoyed being outside, hunting, just outdoor recreational activities as well. How about you? I have the same experience. As a kid, I was immersed in the outdoors. My dad was a trapper and a hunter and a little bit of a fisher too. There's a picture that exists of me in a diaper standing in front of a bunch of skinned raccoons in Oregon. That that does exist. But when I was a teenager, shot my first blacktail deer in Oregon, which is where I grew up. And then in 2009, my dad invited me over here to Wyoming, which is now where I live and love, to an antelope hunt out here in the middle of near Riverton, Wyoming. Oh, cool. So we got a nice antelope. My husband and I, David, we both shot antelope that time. And then we decided to go explore our lives and travel around a little bit. But eventually we did end up back here in Wyoming. Awesome. What do you love about Wyoming? Except for last year, I love the climate. Yeah, that was brutal. The negative 50s was a little bit much last winter, but I love the open, wide open spaces. I love the people, how friendly they are and just kind and wholesome and morals. I just love the people here. Yeah, I agree. I have really just grown to love Wyoming. I love the mountains. I love all the outdoor recreational opportunities. I love that you can make close relationships because our biggest towns are still small. And so it's a small world. I don't ever imagine living anywhere else. We love Wyoming. How about you tell me how you met David and how your relationship came to be? We both grew up in Oregon. We actually met in the Cascade Mountains of Oregon. I was a forest protection officer working for the Forest Service. And there's this little mountain house store in the middle of nowhere. And so I would stop in there and I'd get like candy or a soda or something on my way. And David was actually a cook there and friends with the owners. He didn't have enough gumph to introduce himself to me. So the owner of the store, because David and I were like 17 and 19 when we met. Gotcha. The owner of the store 
forcibly introduced us <laughs> and basically told us we were going on a date. And so I think the next day I drove up to the mountain house after work and we watched a movie and talked all night. And that's the history of David and Crystal. The rest is history, as they say, <laughs> right? How about you guys? How did you and Patrick meet? I think we met a couple of times before we actually, I don't know, Patrick says that we've met, we had met previously, but we actually graduated high school together. We were in the same graduating class. I have vague memories of him there, but we officially started, we're introduced by a mutual friend when we were in college down in Cheyenne at the community college down there. One of the new weeks of school, he was standing in line waiting for food. And we, because we had been introduced, we started a conversation. He let me cut in line with him for food. We had lunch that day and just started talking and getting to know each other. And like you said, the rest is history. We were also young. We were both 19 when we started dating when we first met. We've been married 17 years now, and we have four children, which Patrick has mentioned on the podcast before. Leah, our oldest, is 13. Katie is 12. We also have Faith, who is 10, and Benjamin, who is 9. I have to think about that sometimes because they're, they stair-step down. Um, how about you? How long have you and David been married? So we've been married 17 years as well. We both, I think we both got married in 2006, didn't we? Yep. Okay. So yeah, we got married in 2006 in Oregon. And yeah, that's the rest of history. So when you first met Patrick, did you really know how obsessed he was with fishing? Because we lived in Cheyenne, I don't think I had a full understanding of what his passion was when it came to fishing. The opportunities in the Cheyenne area are much less than it is up here in Riverton. And his grandma lived in Riverton. And so when we were first dating, he would come up and visit her, but I didn't always come. So he would fish when he came up here. And then when I would come and visit, we would go fishing. But because it was so sporadic, I didn't realize just what the I don't know, the full depth <laughs> of the obsession of the hobby, the passion was at that time. So no, I didn't realize. When we were married for a few years in 2008, we moved up to Riverton for the first time to help with with his grandma and to help care for her. And it was then, a couple of years into our marriage, that I fully got a full view of how much he really loved it because he had the proximity of Boyson and the ability to go more often. So those I would consider some of our harder years of marriage as we were figuring this out, being newlyweds, and also him having these opportunities to go and fish and want to do both, be a good husband and stay home, but also pursue his hobbies and his passion. So it was then that I really got a full grasp on that. What have you done throughout the years as you've adjusted to being married and realizing how much he loves fishing? What do you guys do together? Um, do you guys go fishing together a lot now? Is it a family thing? What um, What's the favorite part of being a wife of a husband? who just loves the outdoors and has a passion for it. In the beginning, when we, before we had kids, I would go fishing with him sometimes. I will say when we first were married and I realized that it was difficult, it did create some fights and some, we have some fights early on that are in the history books that we can laugh about now today. But as our family has grown, when we had kids, it was a great way for us to get outside as a family. And he loves sharing his passion of fishing with children, whether it's our own or anybody else's. He loves teaching people how to fish. So it's been really awesome to see him share that with our family. So we do go as a family. And sometimes I don't even fish. I'm just there as referee, making sure that kids aren't tingling up their lines 
or I'm helping them pull them out of the water. So or that bait the hook. Yeah. So he's able to fish some too, or he's helping one and I'm helping the other. Sometimes we will set up date nights where I just go with him. It's not my passion. I don't mind doing it. I like doing it, but I mainly like spending the time with him. It's really fun to be able to go do something with him that he enjoys so much. And I know that it fills his bucket, fills his love tank, whatever you want to call it, to be able to do something he enjoys and to be able to share that with me and with our children. So we do as a family sometimes. It actually has worked out now that our kids are older that he'll take a couple and leave a couple at home with me and he'll take a couple. And so that's actually been a really special thing. It gives him the opportunity to spend one-on-one time or two-on-one time with, with our kids. When you have a big family, sometimes that gets hard with busy schedules and stuff. I don't always go, but I've got to a point now in our marriage where I am supportive of him going. I'm to the point now where I recognize the need for him to go when life has been really crazy and he's been really busy or things at work have been really stressful. I can see it and I will encourage him to go where in our early years of marriage, when it was just the two of us and we didn't have kids, that would not have been the case. I I did not want him to go and leave me home alone. But now I say, I see that there's you're stressed. You should go for half a day or whatever, because I know that it just helps to renew him and refresh him. And then when he comes home, He's just able to be more present and attentive to our family, and he's just more at peace. So, got to be the support been... system for the family, and that doesn't mean you always go on these trips. Yeah, but support it looks different. Maybe it means that you cook the fish that he brings home for I don't either. all the things for the with fish. I cook. Don't get me wrong, I do cook, but he cooks and cleans. There is a learning curve when it comes to cooking. For sure, fish. we like to cook together, and but he just is really good at fish specifically. I've done a few things and we usually do it together. But yeah, no, when it comes to fishing, he likes doing it all. He loves the catching. He, I don't know if he loves the cleaning, but he does the cleaning and then he helps the cooking as well. It's, it's been great. It's been a great way to enjoy it as a family. How about you? Do you fish or hunt with David? Do you guys, so we do as a family. Yeah, we do a little bit of everything. Since I've had kids, I have three kids. The youngest is nine months. And so I don't get out as much as I would like. A couple of years ago, we ended up going over by Cody and I got an elk tag and actually harvested a very nice bull, my first bull elk ever. We dropped the kids off with grandma and we went over there in the winter and harvested a nice bull. It was awesome. It was nice to get away and do the things as a couple. Now that we have a bigger family and it's a little bit harder to get out, get everybody ready because as a mom, We know that we get everybody ready. We get all the snacks. We get all the clothes, warm and hot and clothes and everything you need to get ready for a trip. It's a lot. It it takes a lot more time to prep and prepare. And it's just a lot of effort when you have the kids. But as far as hunting and fishing, I really do enjoy the time. It brings me closer to God, honestly. The silence, getting away from all the electronics just the peace of being out in nature is awesome. And I would love to do it more, but I just have to wait till my kids get a little bit older to make it a little easier on everybody. Right. Absolutely. I feel that connection with the Lord as well, being out in nature. And then also just with my husband, the connection there. I don't know how David is, but I can tell you like when you, when I went fishing with Patrick, just the two of us, we went a couple of years ago to Keyhole for an anniversary trip. And he was more excited to see me catch fish than than him catching fish. Yeah. Like he was going for a trophy, and there, sometimes I would just read a book while he was trying. But when we started catching crappie and stuff, he would get so excited. And I imagine David's reaction to you getting a big elk was probably the same, and it's just a really special connection that you can have when they, they share their love for that, and then it makes when they see somebody that they love. Yes. 
pursuing what they was just a it's a cool way to bond. Yes, it yeah. is. I will agree. He was actually there with me when I shot my first black tail deer too. Um, we were tree stand hunting behind my house, and I was climbing up in the tree, and he was going to climb up behind me, but the deer was already there. Oh, and eating some apples from the orchard, and so. He's standing down there at the bottom of the tree. Shoot, why aren't you shooting? And of course, I was waiting to get a good rest. I wasn't going to make a poor shot on my first deer. I was very patient. The deer wasn't going anywhere. It had plenty of apples. So I was taking my time to get a good shot. Made a great shot. It was an awesome experience for us to just instill that as a new couple. And I wish that more couples would get out and do these things together. Even if you don't necessarily enjoy the sport just supporting your spouse. It's a great way to support your spouse, just going, doing whatever you can to support them in their passions. Absolutely. When we were dating, it used to be the joke that I would always outfish Patrick whenever we would go fishing when we were dating and first married. And I would tease. That's why he didn't want to take me because I would always outfish him. But the real reason why I'd outfish him is because he would set me up in order yes. to catch, catch fish. I know this now. Yes. Back then I would tease that I had better skills and that I was doing a better job. But really, he lovingly set me up in a way that I would I'm catch I'm going to give you a better lure or a better bait. Better spot on the boat. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And in order for me to have success because then you have, you have fun doing it together like that. Do you have any specific outdoor memories of your family from your childhood or any memories that are your favorite from being in the outdoors with your family? From my Growing up years, one of my favorite outdoor memories was a camping trip that I went on with my grandparents and my uncle. My mom is 17 years older than her youngest brother. So my uncle is only like eight years older than I am. We got to do things with him similar to what you would with like a cousin because of the age difference there. We went and I believe it was down by Miracle Mile in Hog Park and camped outside. I'd never slept outside open air, no tent, no camper. And he rolled out the sleeping bag like he was going to sleep outside. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So I slept outside open air next to the lake that we were at with my uncle. And so that was really special. I probably was 11 or 12. I don't even remember how old I was, but it's still a memory that sticks with me. And you didn't get carried away by the mosquitoes? Not that I remember. And I remember that was my first wallet I had ever caught. was on that trip. I had never caught a wallet before. So that was really cool. And then my family, oh, so many memories as a family with kids now with Patrick and our family our younger kids. But one of them that I really love was our first camping trip after Katie was born. So Katie's my second. And Leah would have been a year and a half, two years old. Katie was five weeks old, sitting in a tent, nursing my five-week-old baby while camping. And this trip was so hectic. We got lost on our way. When we got to the lake, Patrick started catching fish immediately. It was like some of the best fishing he'd ever been to. We went to, I can't remember what it's called, a lake in Nebraska. And when we woke up the, the next day, we camped one whole night, the whole tent set up, the stress of getting there. Leah woke up with a fever. She was burning hot and she, we had to go home. So yeah. I was like less than a 24-hour trip. It was so stressful. And looking on it now, I, it's not a favorite. If you think that was a wreck, we were a mess. But at the same time, it was just the beginning of we're just going to go. No matter how hard this is, we're going to try anyways. And so that was a jumping off point for us on just family camping trips. And we've done many more, always having good parts and always having stressful parts, like you said, yeah. like the setup, the extra packing with kids and, and whatnot. So sleeping out under the stars really reminds me of a funny story from David and I when we were first dating. I was, the, you know, working for the Forest Service, so I was supposed to know all these different trails and everything know. and be able to read a map. Well... Crystal forgot the map. We were going to go to Donica Lake in Oregon. It's beautiful. I've been there. I, I hiked in there for my work and I was going to take David in there. We were going to go fishing. 
We took a wrong turn on the trail. No. And we ended up not going into the wilderness, but staying near like a logging trail. And we came out to a place where I knew I was familiar with. It was, we had hiked probably 10 miles that day. Donica Lake was not a 10 mile hike. <laughs> and we get to a place and we just go to a lake that's right off of the road. It's a gravel road, but it's right off the road. And we were just going to sleep out underneath the stars. We put a tarp down, had our sleeping bags and we went to sleep, woke up the next morning and David says, I hear something scratching. Oh my goodness. So we look around us and because we laid out our stuff almost in dark, we laid our tarp down on top of an ant's nest or a high ant flow area. And they weren't the small ants. These are the big ants. So he now has an ant in his ear and we are probably two hours from any hospital or anything. Oh my God. This is before I'm a nurse. So I didn't know what to do. I've never had this encounter before. So we were... He was freaking out because something was in his head, scratching. And he's not a calm person around this kind of things anyways. I come up with this idea to drop some water into his ear to flood the ant out. And luckily it worked. But to this day, I will never live down the fact that we never made it to Donica Lake. Oh, you never went back? I never made it. Oh, bummer. So it's always this story of if Crystal plans a trip, are we really going to make it to Donica Lake or are we going to make it somewhere else? (laughs) You just never know. And then as far as outdoor stories with my family, one of my favorite memories is when I harvested a moose here in Wyoming in 2017. We... Didn't know the area, so we were just hiking around and we came across a bull moose that was shootable. And the awesome thing was my oldest son, Hunter, was probably three or four at the time. And he was on the shoulders of David. David was carrying him when I shot my moose. Oh, cool. So we had this experience together. My father-in-law was there, too. We shot this moose and my son was able to be a part of that experience. And not that he is super enthusiastic about hunting yet. He's 10 and so he's interested in video games and other things like that. But it's a great family memory for us to remember. And then with my middle child, Drake, my dad took me out around Riverton to get an antelope and antelope buck. Because I, for some reason, when we first moved here, I drew antelope buck tags almost every year. Nice. (laughs) Nobody else did. I don't know. So I got to spend that time with Drake as well when I was harvesting that antelope buck. And there's pictures of him sitting on my lap with the antelope and we harvested it together. We butchered it together at home. We do actually most of our own butchering and processing of our meats. That's great. And I think Patrick does the same, doesn't he, with his fish and whatever else. Absolutely. Yeah. And the kids, it's a great way to teach them. It's one of those things that kind of get lost in our culture, I feel like, today, where a lot of kids, and I'm not saying necessarily Wyoming kids because we live in a state where it's a little unique, but a lot of times kids don't know where their food comes from. And so whether it is game, wild game and fish, or it's things like poultry and pork and beef, we both have chickens on our properties and we, we raise pigs. And I know that you guys have done so in the past before. It's just such a good experience for kids to see the whole process. It's not just, I went to the store and bought the ass. We went when you hunt, you harvest it as well as bring it home, clean it, cook it, and then eat it. Same when you raise your own animals or eggs or whatever. It's just good for kids to know that it's not just go to the grocery store, that there is work involved, that it's not actually that easy. And it it just brings a greater appreciation for your food as well as for the people who do, our farmers and our ranchers who raise 
the food that we and the quality of your food. Absolutely. That's what I love about processing my own game is you can you can be super fine with how you butcher it. You can be selective with the meats and you can we do a lot of hamburger. It's not hamburger. It's elk burger, venison burger. Right. uh, We treat it like hamburger and it tastes delicious and we love it. And my kids love it. And all of these different recipes that we have that we use with wild game because it cooks differently. Absolutely. You can't just cook elk like you can a normal beef steak. It takes a little more love and tenderness Mm -hmm. for sure. So talking about our kids and getting them involved. So you have three boys, 10, four, and nine months, right? Yes. So with your kids, what have you found to be ways to get them outdoors? Because it is extra work. You do have to prepare. You're not just thinking about going to and hunting or going to the lake and fishing. You have to think about all their needs and all the things that you might need for the day to keep them occupied or whatever. So what kinds of tips and things have you found that help? And then also, how have you been motivated to make sure you get your kids outdoors because it is extra work? So how have you motivated yourself to continue doing the work to to get them there? So some of the things that I have found that works for my kids to keep them for lack of a better word, entertained during hunting because it's not always entertaining. They can play with sticks and rocks, but they do eventually get bored and then they do eventually get hungry and or cold or hot. So you have to plan for those things because you want for kids the experience to be a positive one. You don't want them to look back and say, oh, I was so cold or I was so hungry and mom and dad didn't have any snacks for me. So you got to plan for those things. Sometimes you do better than others. As far as what I do to the effort, it is important to put that effort out. Yes, it is time consuming, but I know it's good for their soul. It's good for my soul to get out. Even if we just go to Ocean Lake or Morton Lake for the evening and go fishing, it's beautiful to get sit on the beach, listen to the waves come in. It's therapeutic for everybody and it helps everybody's mental health. We just love taking those opportunities to do those small things. And I know you do the same thing with your family as well. We do. And I always tease that I could be talked out of it every single time. Easily. Yes. Especially like the first camping trip of the year when you have to get the camper cleaned and prepped and make sure your supplies are there. Every time we're getting ready to go camping for the first time, I always think we don't have to do this. We can stay home. This is an effort. So much work. And so I say that about every trip you could tell me and say, would you rather stay home? I'd probably say yes to you on a heartbeat. So don't offer that as an option (laughs) because otherwise I'll probably take you up on it. It's worth it once you get there. You take all the time to prepare the food and to pack all the clothes and to clean up and get the dogs ready and whatever else it is that you need to do in order to get yourselves there. But once you're there and you're set up and you're in nature and and you're able to not worry about all the at home chores and busyness and schedule and you're just able to soak in whatever it might be, it's so worth it. So it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. And start, my tip would be to start young. Don't wait till your kids are old enough to hold the fishing pole or do whatever, because if you just make it part of your lifestyle to just go and do and be together as a family, then it will get to a point where your kids will look forward to those times. One of the things I also tease about, like where people say camping is relaxing. And I'm like, you have never... (laughs) on camping with kids. However, we, my family doesn't have little kids anymore. You guys still have a few, a toddler and a baby. But when we got, went camping a couple of years ago and our kids ranged from ages 11 to seven, 
and we were able to go and Pat would go fishing and I got to sit in my chair and talk to my friends or read a book and my kids were running around and playing with their friends and and they were all over the place and I I looked at it and I go oh we've arrived like we've got to that point now where they love this so much and they don't need me to make sure they don't fall off the cliff or entertain to the fire or oh yeah they whether they we are camping with friends or by ourselves they can find plenty of things to entertain themselves and so it was worth all the efforts in their little years to just establish this as a lifestyle as a family to get outdoors so that now that they're older they request it yes. they ask to go and when we do go they love it they look forward to it they get home and they ask when we can go again it's been definitely worth the investment of time and effort in getting ready so that would be my tip is just do it anyways, no matter how hard it is to get it all ready. Just take the time. Take the Absolutely. time. Expend the energy. It will pay off in the long run. For sure. Absolutely agree. We would probably like to conclude our show. We would ask that you guys please download, subscribe, and give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and follow the show on our social media at Radcast Outdoors. Please don't forget to share the show with your friends. And join the Radcast Outdoors Nation Facebook group for all of the updated and newest podcast launches. It's been fun. It's been great. Thanks for coming, Krista. Yeah. Hey, I think we should do a throwback. When the boys first started the podcast, they would end their episode every time asking their guest what their favorite wild game or fish recipe was. And I don't think they do that anymore. But in the early years, that's something that they would do. So I want to ask you, what is one of your probably wild game? Because you probably have more recipes than we do since you guys are bigger hunters than we are. Yes. What's one of your favorite wild game recipes? So one of my favorite recipes is just meatloaf or meatballs. Mm. You can use the same recipe for both. I use a pound or two of ground venison. I put in a couple tablespoons of mayonnaise, an egg or two, and then seasonings. So I use high mountain seasonings. I use some ranch dressing powder mix. I use um, chili powder, salt, pepper to taste. And then, of course, a little liquid smoke because I love everything that tastes smoky. So you mix that all up. I mix it actually with a potato masher. And it's like a wet, it's a wet mixture. Sure. But um, you put that in the oven, either in a meatloaf pan or you form it into balls and fry it as meatballs. And it is just delicious. My kids actually request this on a weekly basis. And my kids are super picky eaters. Nice. So we will definitely put that uh, link to this recipe on the bottom of the podcast for you guys so that you can access it. Our family favorite has got to be Patrick's fried fish, which I know he shared on the blog and the podcast before. But man, it's a family favorite. It's like potato chips. You pop that in. and I don't know if I've ever had it. Oh, it's so good. He uses saltine crackers and high mountain seasoning as well as salt and garlic, pepper, other things. Again, he's the one that cooks most of them most of our fish, but the kids are all active. And when we do our fish fries, they are very hands-on. We have the milk and egg wash that you do first, and then you dip them in the breadcrumbs and get it coated up real well. And then we always fry in peanut oil seems to make a difference. So our favorite is to do that with walleye or any of the other white fish like perch or other pan fish. But we, oh my gosh, you have it for dinner and then you, he always makes enough for leftovers so we can have it in fish tacos the next day, or we can have it with eggs in the morning. It just, it heats up real nice and it's just a favorite, but Sometimes they'll make it even real small, like little nuggets. That's what they call oh, it. You delicious. just pop them in like potato chips. So that's got to be one of our family favorites. I think it's been shared before, but we'll link that one in the show notes as well. But anyways, it's been fun. It's Hopefully been great. We can do it again. We will plan on doing it again. Maybe sneak in some more stories about the boys 
that they were pretty easy on them. We not want people to know about. No, we were pretty nice. Hopefully that means we can do it again and then we can start sneaking some of those in. Definitely. All right. All right, everybody, have a great day and enjoy the podcast, radcastoutdoors.com. Thanks again for listening to the Radcast Outdoors podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. If so, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating, which really helps other people find the show. You can find all of our shows, recipes, giveaways, videos, and much more at radcastoutdoors.com. While you're there, please help support the show by purchasing a Radcast Outdoors shirt or hat. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Radcast community on Facebook called Radcast Nation, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation there. And of course, please help support our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you again to PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Until next time, get out there and enjoy the outdoors.